And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome back to The Tempest 2 podcast. Episode 14. We're on a roll, aren't we? Episode consistency. Fantastic. 14 weeks of consistent waffle. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite impressive, actually. I know. I think we're doing all right. Oh, big cup of coffee there. That's straight into the microphone. Everyone <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy the slurp. <laughs> Drinking out of a titanium camp mug, guys. Whatever. Say, what the fuck is that? What is it? Lift it up? Whatever. Just a little snow peaker. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, it's just come out of the van, whatever. <laughs> it's got more use now, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, just, just now it's, rather than being camping, it's just everyday use. Yeah, exactly. So if you hear spontaneous or sporadic slurps, that's what it is. It's me just trying to stay alive. Staying alive. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. All good. Um, no big updates this side. Won't bore I think everyone. we're over the fatherhood thing now. Yeah. I'm into it. Well, won't bore everyone with the lack of sleep and the, you know, the daily work that happens. But it's still, it's still happening. She's still here. Good so stuff. We're succeeding in that realm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Other than that, more coffee being drunk. You know, what's your what's your exercise regime been since the birth? Have you done any? I have. I've done bits and pieces, but it's it's kind of uh, opportunistic. Okay. It's like. Yeah, it's either, yeah, just I'll go for a run, half an hour sort of thing when she's asleep um, and Elle's like, you know, doing whatever. Um, or like if Elle's mum's coming over or she's going to meet them, uh, like her family, I'll kindly just swoop off and uh, <laughs> and go to the gym or, or do something else. Are you but, going? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, unfortunately, I'm going to take this opportunity. Uh <laughs> But yeah, it's it's not there's not been a lot. There's not been a lot going on. A few press ups here and there. I mean, feels like a workout just holding a baby, just holding four and a half kilos, just in a constant bicep flex is uh it must be growing. How many bicep curls of a four kilo weight do you reckon you could do in like in one set? Right. So like to failure, mm. I think I'm going to go with a round ton, 100. Right, go and get Flory and let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right <She's> now. <laughs> On camera, it's like, sorry, I was like, wake up, wake up. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How many do you reckon? I, 100 kind of jumped out at me as well. I don't know why. Probably, it probably wouldn't be that much. Actually, yeah, it's quite, that. it's quite, that's quite a lot of anything. Just doing it with your arm, you know, just doing it with a tin of beans. Yeah. So... It's just like <laughs> for the audio listeners there, you missed something. Yeah. This is when the uh You can imagine what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know we all know what he just did. Dirty bastard. It took two um, minutes this time. I went to the cinema the other day. Yep. As I do. Um you do love a film. And I went to see the new Nike film. Um mm. was it called Air. Very good. Hmm. Very, very good. Um, I need to watch that. I've listened yeah. to all, like reviews and stuff, but Ben Affleck and Damon, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, those those boys go way back. They're almost like the Tempest Two of Boston. I feel. <laughs> Boston. Boston. Um. Oh yeah, I thought it was really good. As in, I was surprised. I I didn't. I knew obviously what the story was about, but I actually thought it was more of a remake of, or as in like a picture of the Shoe Dog book. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. But it, but it's not at all. Mm. Which is quite cool. It's all just around the signing of of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And what that did to Nike basketball. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it was very well done, I thought. And, um, you know, it took me back to our the days where we were on Nike campus and giving talks out there and stuff yeah, like that. that that's, uh, that's funny, actually, because it was actually like the week just gone, like five years ago. Yeah. That we were over there. Uh, I had it come up on my phone, like memories, like, fuck, five years. But we did a full tour of the campus, didn't we? And saw like the the Jordan room and the shoes from 1984 and all that sort of thing. It's incredible. Well, the first time we went there, so I was doing, and actually this leads into um, something I was going to mention. So, you know, whilst, whilst you've been on eternity leave, yes, as, as you know, we were redoing our website. So I've been going back through the archives, looking at the work we've done, you know, trying to create a few more case studies around, you know, who we've worked with and what we did and whether it's a keynote or some of the workshop stuff or whatever. And so I've, I've been going right back and uh, I was flicking through. So 2016 was obviously the year that we went full time with the Tempest 2. We, we got back from the row in Feb, uh, left our jobs in June, I think it was. Then we yeah. were off to Sweden. But we went to Nike campus in Portland, I think it was July 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's the first time we went there, um, which was like right at the start of, of the Tempest 2. Yeah, crazy. And uh, yeah, what was quite interesting was you know, I was looking back at all these this work we've done and you just you just forget shit. Totally. You like totally forget, you know, just like the random talk you gave here or when we spoke for Google in Denver, you know, and then we did something in Boulder and then we did mm. something in Portland. And um you know, it's just quite cool to look back on, you know, writing these case studies. It's pretty mental. It's just two fucking idiots who <laughs> just like went and did something pretty stupid. Um, you know, worked worked with Airbnb in the US and Europe and London and Nike the same and United Healthcare. We re- rewrote their values, <laughs> biggest healthcare company in the world. Small piece of work, that yeah. one. Worked with Bacardi. We were the chief motivation officers for Aviva on their app. Yeah, um, like big, massive companies, and us just doing these weird little things for them. Um, it was quite, it was quite cool actually to look back on. Yeah, it's, it is mad, isn't it? I think fucking didn't take long to start talking about COVID, but that it did does just put a massive like block in it, didn't it? Because yeah, there's no travel. All a lot of those jobs and stuff just just fucked off completely. Mm. So, and we had to, you know, completely rethink what we were doing. Uh, so. What we're doing now, and you know, all this piece of work like you're doing with the website and stuff, it's kind of we're not reigniting the Tempest 2, but it's like coming back in that way. And we're looking through everything that we've done, and it's um, yeah, it's crazy, but it's really exciting at like what we're doing as well. Got like proper leaning into it now, yeah, um, and going for it. Yeah, we've done some, done some mental, been to mental places, done some mad things, um. I'm trying to think of that first because I'm sure that first time we went to 
Nike, it was part of a bigger trip that included, I think, like San Diego. Yeah. We've done a couple of ones, haven't we? San Diego went up to San Francisco to Dropbox and all that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, very lucky to create this little little path for ourselves. I don't know how we've made a living for so long. Because like those first couple of years, like our keynote fee was very small. Yeah, yeah. Like compared to what it is now anyway. Yeah. And... Um, you know, when I was looking back through the the photos, 2016, there was a couple of photos of like pages in our notebook of like the business plan. Mm. Oh my god! Like <laughs> yeah. that first one was incredible. Oh my god! It was like distribute Deus or like be a distributor of adventure clothing in the UK. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. Do you remember that first three months after we left our jobs, and we we were working for Forry. Uh, doing marketing for this this meat startup kind of startup kind of very like old-fashioned meat company that had started doing this new product they got uh the, the you know the boys in the tempest two in to run the show in marketing um and we did that for three months was it that saved our ass didn't it really that yeah, yeah. Paid, that paid the bills for three months definitely but that but was <laughs> in hindsight that was mental but it's been so how many years? Seven. What year are we now? Seven. So seven years. Seven years, really. Uh, apart from the last maybe year, it's been seven years of not knowing how we're going to pay the mortgage or rent the end of yep. the month. Yep. Seven years. It's exhausting, guys. <laughs> I can tell you that now. It's exhausting. Which is quite unbelievable when you think about it. It doesn't really... It's just has just become normal mm. over time but you know we'd have a couple of keynotes and it'd be great but then we wouldn't have anything for a couple of months and it's like oh we're we're now out of money it's mental that happened a lot and then it would happen again like last minute we get a <laughs> keynote it's like oh thank the fucking lord and it would just keep happening yeah what a stupid little life <laughs> it is it is mad isn't it because it's got all the freedoms and like the best parts that people think about when you, you know, you're self-employed and you can do what you want. It's got all that side of things, but it also massively has the other side, the unknown, the shit. And I just think we learned to become quite good at not knowing when our next paycheck was going to be. I think most normal people, most sane people would have sacked it off 10 times by now. Oh, 100%. You know, people want four months, three months of salary or six, like a very minimum six months or whatever we'd be flying into credit cards, you know, just blindly optimistic that we were going to get something and make it work. And we, and we always have, which is just piled on the delusion. Um, yeah. And then, then we actually, cause we, you know, we're very aware that it takes a while to get traction and to, it's all like relationships, build momentum. And then we finally felt like we were getting somewhere and then um, we had a whole year's worth of work cancelled in about a week, didn't we? Um, COVID, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a, a kick in the nuts. But I think we're still what, here. What, we're still here. What's interesting though is like the natural reaction like, when you look back at, you know, I look at our QuickBooks and and just look at actually the amount of invoices that we've sent out over the last seven years. It's not that many, mm. like really. Um, but it's just like you know it's the fees are getting slightly higher each time and slightly bigger project or whatever. But 
the interesting thing is you always think like, oh, why, why weren't we at this stage five years ago? Why didn't we think about the adventure mindset back then? Or why wasn't our keynote as good as it is now? And actually you look back at it and it's where we are now and the keynote we have and the case studies we have and the adventures we've got. You know, I got a message actually last week from someone who we'd spoken to before uh, about Dose who was asking about keynote uh, fees. Right. They wanted to start speaking um, and they knew our fee and they're like, how do I charge that much? Uh, and, you know, if I'm, if someone's asked me to do a 20 minute keynote, is that a, is that 30% of your 60 minute talk like fee? And I was like, no, like, because I think people just, they think that, oh my God, how can you charge 10 grand for an hour of your time? Like a 10 grand hourly rate. It's like, in reality, you're not paying for that hour. Mm. You're paying for the fucking capsize in the middle of the night where you almost died. You're paying for three days on LCAP where we were un-fucking not tied in properly and almost died. The two weeks of absolute punishment in Patagonia, the work we've done with this company, this company, that's what you're paying for, really, uh, rather yeah, for than sure. the time. And it, it just takes ages to learn that stuff, doesn't it? Like it Definitely. Just and years and, and years. The, the delivery of it, mm. you know, it's like you, you can be pretty safe knowing that it's it's going to be it's going to be top class rather than yeah you, you know there's that the value of things you it, it's just it, it is a mental world you know there's no getting around it the the speaking stuff and it's it's mad and that's the question we get asked a lot how do i get into it how do i do it and you, you kind of just have to do it then you just have to put reps in keep growing like outside of it uh, and it takes well we must have done hundreds of them by now yeah Hundreds and hundreds, um, and it, it has to keep evolving. You have to keep like adding bits in, um, and you're kind of only as good, I suppose, as, as the last, the last talk that you've done, and like staying a bit fresh with it. But it's, um, I don't know, I, st- I still, still like nerve wracking, isn't it? And the different audiences that you get, like we spoke about last week, whether it's two people uh, <laughs> in a meeting room or mm. or two thousand people in a big like not arena uh theater <laughs> arenas arena is on the way guys <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's absolutely mental absolutely i mental. guess you know when people are like how do you how can you make a quick buck how can you make a side hustle here is a formula to do that just go and do something fucking mental mm. go and just do something stupid world record something insane take a bit of a risk you may die you may not whatever but if you go and do it, then you can go and speak about it and charge five grand and do one a month as a little side hustle. There you go. Totally. Simple. It's, pro- it's probably, a, yeah, that's the investment up front you need to make is putting yourself in a position to do something that either very few people have or, yeah, you know one has a world record sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, you, you tell it in a way that's pretty unique. But that's a, that's a good point. And it sounds easier than it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, actually, the, the other thing is there are lots of people who go and do mental stuff, but then don't turn it into a good keynote. Yeah, exactly. We, we know one person who has got an incredible story. Yeah. But it's terrible at telling it, don't we? Yeah, that, that's the thing is there is a... You, you know, know who I'm talking about, are you? Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's cliche, but there is an <clears throat> art of storytelling and bringing a whole like room full of people or an audience like through the journey and it's kind of you have to be able to do that otherwise like you could you know be the 
fucking biggest nutter there is and lose people in like two minutes and it'd be a waste of money for everyone. So yeah, that's it's I guess it is literally 50 50, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I remember I remember telling you about a, a, a really great keynote that I saw it was a TED talk, and it was just it was a guy who climbed Everest, he's an Australian guy. And like we say a lot, um, loads of people have climbed Everest. You know, you can find whatever story you want to find on Everest, like someone's had it, you can find it somewhere. But this guy was just such a great speaker that it's still one of like the best keynotes I've seen, even though it's kind of like what you'd expect, but just the way he delivers it is just spot on. So it's like, they say that that's the other side of it, isn't it? It is being, being mustered at delivering. Well, what do you think makes like a great speech? Because I actually, I, I, if I look back at our keynotes and everyone, everyone kind of says, you know, the, the talk is great and you deliver it really well and whatnot. But I, I watch myself and I'm like, holy shit, I could be so much better, like so much better. Yeah, so, yeah. So much better when I look at it. It's like, oh, fucking hell. It's actually not very good. Um, what do you think makes like an incredible public speaker or someone who like really captivates? Uh, I think a bit, lots of things, but like conviction in like what you've done, what you're saying, bit of like humility. And that's like in the delivery. I don't think everything should be like perfect, crisp, like a presidential speech. And I think that's why our thing kind of works because we take the piss out of each other a fair bit. Yeah. And there's that different dynamic where, you know, you see a lot of speakers who go and just narrate, you know, in chronological order, the last five things they've done or two things, whatever it is, or, or like you were saying about Goggins, you know, did this run, it was fucking hard, did this next thing, it was really hard, you know, but doing it in a way that's a bit like vulnerable, a bit like, a bit like the audience and like the people watching it. And uh, I always think like a bit of humor is always, always good to throw in there in some way and not, not taking yourself too seriously. I think that's the big thing. I think being able to, as a, if you're delivering like a talk or a keynote in public, being able to get like a laugh yeah. in the first 30 seconds, or at least like a laugh on your own behalf. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of shows that, you know, you're relatable and you're not fully yourself and you're not going to sit there and preach about something. Exactly. Like that, that simple act, like immediately builds a bridge between you and the audience. And I yeah. yeah they're on, as you said, if you can keep it, more conversational and you just know your stuff and it doesn't feel like it's rehearsed or scripted. Yeah. But I think that's, um, it makes such a big difference, doesn't it? To, yeah. to kind of that experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good stuff, guys. A little, little bit of a, uh, a keynote tangent. Why not? Okay. It's a masterclass coming up. That, that is what we do. So why not talk about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, talking about big mental shit that will get you a keynote. Yeah, here we go. The, the segment, the adventure, the, the adventure mindset segment this week. I sent yep. you a link, didn't I, earlier in the week? You out did. of nowhere, out of nowhere, this has just popped up. It's all over the news. It's, I think, it's fucking brilliant. Spanish woman spends five hundred days in a cave. <laughs> That's the headline. Welcome to the keynote. Five five thousand euros. Fuck. Five hundred days. I mean, that's arguably too big a time investment. So that is, she went into this cave 70 meters underground in southern Spain. Uh, she is like an extreme adventure athlete of some description. Her name is Beatrice Flamini, be more Spanish. 
Yeah. And she went in at 48 and came out at 50. Madness. Now, I am fully on board with the whole, you know, the isolation thing. And, you know, it's definitely a test of mindset. That's a big chunk of your life. Yeah. Really? I I would love to know what she's learned, like, beyond 30 days. I mean, what happened from 30 to 500 that she didn't already already learn isolation like i reckon i'd get 90 percent of that download in 24 hours by myself so she said she was like she basically to kill to kill time <laughs> to kill time she would knit and she read 60 books which actually isn't that many is it if you think about it no um you're down beatrice and but she said that it it the first 60 days and then she lost count basically she didn't know what day it was and it was completely dark so you, she doesn't know what time it is she had no clocks or anything down there that be why she only read 60 books <laughs> <laughs> she keeps reading the same book um but she said when she came up some they came down after 500 days to <clears throat> kind of um let her know that she'd done it and she like couldn't she was like no why are you down here like it's too early it's too early she had no idea that it'd been 500 days it literally said it felt like uh, like barely 100 shit that's yeah. scary isn't it which is so strange isn't it when you haven't got the the monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday like in your head or a clock or those milestones when it's just one continuous strand of time Mental. your brain doesn't have those things are breaking it down Mental. that's a bit of a that's a weird concept isn't it i'm just the sun not coming up and going down every day that's yeah. so weird yeah super weird i'm looking back now at two years ago yeah today just where were we what were we up to shock i'm walking my dog um where were we oh here's a picture of us we're given a keynote to virtual keynote i think that's the pippin nut mental (laughs) so she's been in a she got in a cave whilst we were giving that keynote to pippin nut in your living room the virtual one shit and she's just come out. That is absolutely insane. So what was it? Early early December twenty twenty one. Something like that. I mean, this I'm looking at April twenty twenty one here. Oh right, yeah. To, to yeah. I think five hundred days is literally the fourth of December twenty twenty one. Okay, what were we doing? What were you doing? It's like, I'm on the can. <laughs> uh, it would appear that at 9pm I was watching Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Every, that could be any year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, God, that's just absolutely mental. Yeah, that is. Where were... I'm in New York. Was it the... That was the trip I went out to propose and I had to fly back because of COVID. Was it? Yeah. Okay, now. What we'd a nutter. We'd, we'd sent a couple of Bitcoin articles to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Flying high in crypto. <laughs> All gone now. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, such a long time. She's been underground for that, that amount of time. I wonder what she's doing now. <clears throat> Knitting, reading. Still, still the same. Shut Wish I was in a cave. They, 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 it was with some, I think it was a university in Spain. That they so were, was it a study? They were testing something. Dropping food off to her and stuff. Yeah. But uh, 
she's got to get a keynote out of that, surely. Uh, at the very least. Because that is, you know, it's a long, it's a long stint to really, it's wasted, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's mad. It's all about just the narrative and the little, little PR you can get on board, isn't it? Remember old Captain Tom during COVID? <laughs> Did a couple of laps of his garden, went absolutely viral. Raised like five billion for a charity. Yeah, and I think that, didn't it turn out that the charity was just his own back pocket, the old BP charity. <laughs> Hang on, I'm not sure we can make those kind of accusations <laughs> to to uh, the national treasure that is Sir Tom Moore. There was def- there was definitely some some like smoke and mirrors knocking around. <laughs> the trustees of the Captain Tom Foundation were like. Inquiry launched into the Captain Tom charity. I mean, this isn't a smear campaign. We don't we don't need to go into it. I'll, I'll find out exactly what happened. But there was <laughs> there were flags raised. But what I'm saying is, you it all depends on the the timing of things. You know, she could have she must have got. I mean, she did have a bit of meter at the end. She could have wrote a book down there. Yeah, Imagine doing a TikTok a day. <laughs> oh my god, a TikTok would have blown up. Yeah. Just, you've got to switch your head on here, Beatrice. It's like, what you t- every time you say Beatrice, I think, I'm thinking you're going to say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's really going out. You've got to switch your head on, bitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, but imagine having TikTok down there. Like, you'd go you'd mad, wouldn't you? You'd get involved, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, the dancers flying Just, out of that cave. <laughs> Just like, yes. <laughs> Beatrice out again, going absolutely mental down there. You would. Yeah, you, you'd much- definitely come up with a profile. So I saw... Mr. Beast does that type of thing, doesn't he? Where he's like, right, yeah, you get, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a million dollars on the table. And like the longer you, this guy had to stay in isolation and there were items in the room that if he gave them up, he get, got money or vice versa or something like that. Um, how much would it take for you to be in that cave for 500 days? Oh, shit me. Cash you bank loads. You come loads. out. Bank transfer. You only get it after, do you? Um, You're a father now, so you wouldn't be able to see Flory. Yeah. I mean, there is a figure, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. There's always a number. Because, but 500 days. Million a day? Sorry? 500 million. Yeah, easily. <laughs> Like, like I'd do that right now. I'd leave right now. <laughs> I reckon I'd. But you missed the formative years of your child's life. Ten million, I'd do it for. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to... <laughs> the entire time, he's easily. Ten, five hundred days. <clears throat> It'd have to be an amount that, yeah, you, you cush the afterwards. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you still don't want to be struggling after that. Yes, do you? I... It's like, oh, grand. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. It's an interesting question. I love the the rabbit hole of like, how much would how much would you need to do this and for that? Such a great question, isn't it? Yeah. The, the worst really is always like, how much to bang your dad? It's like, bang my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Beast has taken a left turn. Like, Whoa. <laughs> God, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> what number do you think? L would would write down for her to do it or for me to do it. No, no, for you to do it. Oh, I reckon she'd, she'd put 100k down, <laughs> something like that. 
just so she can get by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A million, something. Some just like round number, like Dr. One Evil. One million. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that would be interesting. I'll ask her. I'll ask her when, uh, when I'll report back. Yeah, I'll be interested to know. Because maybe we could get a GoFundMe page. <laughs> this is the type of thing that would just go viral. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a maze. And we'll make a little scissor reel and it's like, you know, put the ten pounds in to put Whittle in a cave. <laughs> yeah, maybe not five hundred days, but I reckon we could get a good donation for thirty days, maybe. See, I was having uh a conversation with a friend recently, uh, and he, he mentioned the same thing as this really. He was like, and this is before this news came out, he was like, um, what I think you guys should do for your next adventure is like an isolation period. And he'd read something about this uh, silence retreat. It's like 40 days, but it's like brutal. You, you are in your own room. Basically, it's essentially prison. You're in your room, no phone, no internet, no books, nothing, no contact. You get your food delivered to the room and you are just in silence for, uh, I think it was a month or something. Whew. Sounds terrible. Yeah, no, I'm all right, actually, for that one. <laughs> what sponsors could we get for that? I know. Imagine that. It's like, what did, you, what did you do? It's like nothing. That'd be a tough thing to uh, to build a keynote around. Yeah, content would be shite. I'd much rather do things that add some sort of value, memories. You'd mm. get. I mean, yeah, just the thought of that is outrageous. I wonder what adventure would go the most viral. <laughs> just built, just built for the TikTok generation. Yeah, it probably wouldn't even be much of an adventure, would it? No, it'd be just like, something you can't even imagine. Just going something... down the shops in my pyjamas or something stupid like that. That'd go viral, wouldn't it? Well, I'll do that later, see what happens. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let us know. If you think of something, guys, let us know. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it, but we won't we'll do, do it. We'll do anything for money. <laughs> we'll do most things. Absolutely. Do you remember when, uh, what were we going to do? <laughs> um... Oh, I swear to God, what was it? Was it Samsung? There was some stupid idea. I can't remember what it was. I'll try and remember it <laughs> next week. But they were like, so can you guys do this? And it was like, mm, whoa, not sure it's possible, but we will, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let me I dig out there. I'll bring it to the table next week. It was something just absurd. But they were it was like a brand, it was like an agency. We're like, oh, but why don't you do it? You know, like, it was like in a balloon or, or go to space or something like that. And it was like, hmm, okay. So, yes, Gosh. from us. I'll dig it out. Yeah, let us know. God. I mean, we're going to get some adventures going. Don't, don't you worry about that. We'll be, give it a couple of weeks. We'll have, we'll have plans. We'll have locations. Shit, a couple of weeks. Mm, that was a stretch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, a couple of months. A couple of months. You know, we were thinking about going into the world of golf. That would be the ultimate. Golf YouTube is big. Mm. But you truly got, I just don't know how we could <laughs> bend it into the adventure mindset. Tough, isn't it? It's really tough. It, it, it'd be very hard to disguise the fact that we, it's just like, hang on a minute. These guys just like to play golf. I wonder if we could create like the, the most extreme 18-hole golf course. Oh, my budget. <laughs> Hello, Calloway speaking. <laughs> I mean, 
What do you mean? Like build a golf course or just like... No, you, we just like create it. So like hole one is like, like off the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Okay. It's like 2,000 yards or something. Mental. Hole two is like, I don't know, across this ravine in Hawaii. It's a global thing. It's going to cost a lot of money. Maybe ho- maybe hole three is literally a water hole. It's scuba, bottom of the ocean. <laughs> You know, you, the balls you're playing with aren't normal golf balls. Antarctica, the Belize Antarctica. sinkhole, iceberg to iceberg. Imagine, iceberg imagine that. Iceberg golf. Ice, iceberg ahead. It's like, shit, it's cold. <laughs> How do you get any grip on an iceberg, do you reckon? Crampons. No, I mean of the golf ball, sorry. Oh, what, get it to stop? Yeah, yeah. Just put some absolute whip on it. <laughs> Bite. <laughs> I actually like that idea. I'm going to flesh that out. Okay. <laughs> it's like fleshed it out and it's as you'd expect. <laughs> Iceberg golf. It's, it's mental. Um, there's a series in that. Not Iceberg golf. That's one of that's one of many. As in just like normal everyday activities and sports done in extreme environments. Yeah. We'd, what else after golf though? Netball. No, I, I was kind of thinking more along the golf lines, but you have you have the iceberg, you have your winter, you, you know, your extreme like extreme conditions. You've got mm. your the middle of the Sahara, like the Marathon de Sable, but an eighteen-hole golf course. Okay, it's extreme endurance, but you're carrying fifteen golf clubs and forty-five balls. There, there, there was that <clears throat> documentary, the, the the world's longest golf hole, wasn't there? Yeah, I did see that actually. I can't remember how far he walked. And it was like the length of South America or something. It was, it was thousands of miles. <laughs> and just this boat with a couple of golf clubs just twatting it along. It's just like, fuck it out. <laughs> got an article out of it. Got a little doco out of it, didn't he? Yeah. Which is more than we've got. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd have to You'd have to do it much better than that. I'd love to just play golf and get paid for it mm, full time. Oh, so that's a professional golfer. It's like, no, no, yeah, no. So how could we do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a couple oh. of average golfers make a living from it. Yeah, but I, I watch that, those golf, it's always what pops up on my TikTok and my YouTube. Mm. Is that, that, what's it called? The channel? Is it Good, Good Golf? Good, Good Golf? I'm not sure. Those, basically, those, those young American dudes who basically went massively viral when they had that played that par four and one of them hit the pin one of them went within a foot and then the last guy hold it yeah that was and weird it, it was just insane once in a lifetime yeah it never happen again and they managed to catch it very well on youtube yeah <laughs> 20 well. angles yeah. <laughs> yeah um all right so golf okay we'll we'll flesh that one out as well yeah i like it Why not? <clears throat> all right reminiscent segment you're up. Yeah, this is just a lead-on, really, from from last week. Got me thinking about... Ah, yeah. And it's kind of in the similar vein. We've been talking about keynotes and stuff earlier. Just some of the some of the mad ones that we've done. Um, I've got a couple of examples here. Mentioned a couple of them. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, it's a... Can, can be relatively stressful, the, the keynotes. The delivery, like, not so much. But I reckon... What do you, well, I don't know. What do you reckon? 70% of the time, there's some sort of technical issue. Always. No, 
no two setups are the same. You know, IT guys can be great, can be absolutely garbage. Some people want the the document themselves to load up. Some people don't know what an Apple Mac is. You know, it's a there's a it's a real there's a real spread. So that that's the first thing that you're working with is um is getting that right. You are the the technical man when it comes to the process, loading up, getting things sorted. So on this particular keynote, which is for a well-known uh, food box delivery company called HelloFresh, um, you were running late. The, oh. the district line had finally had your pants down. It wasn't the district line. It, was it wasn't the district line, guys. It was <laughs> Sorry, overground. apologies. It was um, overground, Surbiton to Waterloo. And then, then I was going to Old Street on the Northern Line. And, um, yeah, left with, would have got there an hour before. I think we were going to meet for a coffee like an hour before. Mm. Train just stopped. And it <laughs> didn't move for quite some time. But that, it was still fine. You know, still got to Waterloo. Was going to get there maybe with 10 minutes to spare. Then got on the tube. And the fucking tube did the same. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I had to get off at Moorgate and ran 5k <laughs> in I reckon 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's you'd just... already started yeah I, I was about me, the bastard. I, was, I was about 20 minutes in why didn't they just wait for me I don't know they were because it was a it was like a lunch and learn thing wasn't it Ugh, so they, they had I hate the, those yeah they had this one o'clock start and it was just approaching we'd already put we'd already knocked it back about 15 minutes or 10 minutes or so and they were like oh we might have to we might have to start it it's like Oh shit! <laughs> so yeah, it was absolutely mental. So yeah, just uh, road solo it ended up ended up being fine. But when you arrived, you were oh, like, "My God, dripping That's... with sweat, full sprint mode." Yeah, I was. I, just, I couldn't catch my breath for the rest of the keynote. It was terrible, <laughs> and I was pissing with sweat. Sorry, guys. Can I get a water, please? Oh, that was awful. I fucking hated that. I hate lunch and learn. Let's never do a lunch and learn ever again. <laughs> I think they're so shit. No one cares. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't no. know. Everyone's emailing. I don't like them. Yeah, that is true. People and the are, budgets are garbage. People are eating their, eating, literally eating their lunch. It's... Yeah, and it's like, we've got lunch and learn. Do you want to cut? My immediate reaction is no. Yeah. Now, like, what's your budget? It's like, well, we'll give you lunch. It's like, well, you can fuck yourself. Mental, yeah, lunch. I've I've got lunch already. I can afford lunch, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to no. be late for that, do you? It's no. not worth the stress at all. No, I should have just turned around. It's a lunch and learn. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> I took two in, years off my life. <laughs> in hindsight, absolutely. <laughs> um, the second example today mm. is uh, comes from a... It was an evening event with a recruitment company down in Bristol, I believe. Yeah. And oh, <laughs> and th those that you know, whether whether you you might you might do some speaking, you might not, you might you know host team meetings or something. There's a phenomena that just seems to grab blokes mainly. Um, that is just amplified when you're in the in the spotlight, and it's on you for one hour, and that is sweat, I suppose. Yeah, you know, and you know, there's tactical garments you can wear. Wearing dark, it is is a great thing. We went through a phase of um, trying to find a solution for this, really, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and you, 
you pioneered and championed uh, what is essentially the the male version of a uh, sanitary pad that goes in the armpit of a t-shirt mm-hmm. and you know when properly fitted works fantastically well um so you don't sh- you, you know you're not showing you're not showing that you're sweating whatsoever um however on this one this one fateful night your pad exited your t-shirt out the bottom uh at which point there's just what looks like a sanitary pad in the middle of a stage and we both clocked it and it was fucking hilarious it just dropped we both looked down it's like what is that (laughs) oh no it looks like a sanitary towel and i remember just put my foot on it and i couldn't move for 45 (laughs) minutes and people in the front row saw it they knew what was going on they were like what is what has just fallen out of his shirt but it like I swear it used to be worse, but actually <clears throat> what's changed is, and this is hilarious. So when we first started speaking, we'd go and speak at big companies and we'd be like, you know, we were 20, 25, yeah. 26. And um, we'd be like, right, we have to wear shirt and brogues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're trying to get into a club when you're yeah. under 18. Yeah, yeah, where you put your socks over your trainers. <laughs> uh, and it's like, we have to wear shirt and brogues because no one's going to take us seriously otherwise um and so we'd always wear those light blue like uniqlo shirts wouldn't we and we'd yeah. always text and i'd be like right i'm gonna wear this one you'd always wear a gray one which is just playing with fire i'm so, yeah, stupid. so, so impressed stupid. how brave that is um and it's so funny now it's just like no obviously not it's a black t-shirt or, or something like that amazing wasn't it oh just fucking terrible absolutely terrible and then the <laughs> brilliant though, and the final I'm going to is a bit of a is a slightly different, but just made me laugh when I was thinking about it. And we did a obviously during COVID things went virtual, and we did virtual team building sessions and workshops and creative sessions and stuff, uh, all like kind of around this adventure mindset. And uh, we ended up doing one session for they were I believe like grads or either still in union on placement. Mm or fresh out and in their, their first year. And there was a group of them and it was a big building company. Um, <laughs> and we, you know, we discovered Miro, which is an online virtual whiteboard, which is fucking amazing for running these sorts of sessions until you put it in the hands of essentially teenagers who realize that it's anonymous and they've got <laughs> basically reign to do whatever they want with their mouses. So we are, trying to host this session trying to be serious and in the background of the screen that we're showing you've just got people drawing cocks and you can you can hear and see some of them just trying not to laugh it was it was a bit of a calamity wasn't it what a learning that was (laughs) firstly don't make so if you haven't used miro it's like a whiteboard but everyone has their own cursor yeah so it's essentially like a game so and then obviously still people are amazed by it. It's like, oh my god, it's live and I can see so and so's cursor. But yeah, as, as soon as they realize it was anonymous, where they're like, right, okay, we're gonna move these post-it notes, or I want you to put your goals and how they align with this and that. And then it's like top left, it's just we can just slowly see <laughs> the bollocks being drawn. And then it's like, oh no, it's like, and there's the shaft. And it's like, no. 
and you could see that all the cursors are just like gravitating towards it and it's like and there's the jizz yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere it's all over oh bollocks <laughs> and we were just like so torn because it's like yeah that's pretty that funny. funny yeah <laughs> well done but at the same time gonna disable that now we're gonna have to right closing miro because you guys can't behave pathetic so just gonna be one way again right you've ruined it now back to powerpoint yeah (laughs) oh well congratulations you guys well done it just takes one little cunt i mean (laughs) (laughs) no i'll be speaking to your boss but who did that oh shock no one's telling us anonymous but very very funny yeah good learning though good learning love that i've actually got one more to add oh like it Vodafone, 300 people, big conference, going really well, 10 minutes in, power cut, the entire office, with a big alarm as well. It wasn't even like, it was an office, but it was like the the theatre section. It was massive, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah, they were doing it. They were trying to do a little barbecue, weren't they? That was happening after us. Oh, that's what it was. And the guy got carried away doing the old flame grill burgers. <laughs> so yeah, the, the everything went down, didn't it? Yeah, for like five minutes. Yeah, so we were stood up on stage, and it's like oh, we're looking over to AV, and it's like making a joke of it, and they're looking at us like, um, carry on, keep going. So it basically turned up, and it was like an impromptu stand up, wasn't it? Yeah. No slides, oh. just treading water. Yeah, um, five minutes is a hell of a long time as yeah. well. It, it went, went surprisingly well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. What, what we learned during that five minutes is that when there's no images, you can tell whatever stories you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can lie. It's like, it's like, we actually, there is El Cap, but before that, we actually climbed the uh, climbed Everest three times. Yeah, back to just back. in our pants. Yeah. We would show the images, but... We can't. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Chef Boyardee over there has got carried away. <laughs> yeah, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. Every, everyone is different, guys. Ah, the everyone is different. Life of a speaker. The life of a life of a salesman. <laughs> yeah. On the road. Good times, though, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Good times. Right. Good stuff, guys. Right, we're about done, aren't we? We're about done. We're about done. Um, thanks, for, thanks for joining us, mm. everyone. Yeah, thank you again. And we'll um we'll see you at the same time next my week. Birth- my birthday next week. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. What are we? Uh, yeah, it's a live special birthday episode then. Play a bit of golf, shall we? Play some golf podcast. Get some hats on. Get some cake eating. All right. Yeah, we'll maybe bring up some stories from your past. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what? what? <laughs> so we've never done this before. <laughs> it's like, why are you crying? <laughs> yeah, let yeah, okay, let's get some key moments for you then in your 34 years on this planet. We need a top 5. I mean, we've spoken the, the about row all can't of them. be one of them. The we've spoken about all of them. So well, firstly, the row. Have you guys heard about that? <laughs> Secondly, Patagonia was pretty yeah. hard. <laughs> uh, finally, did a talk at Vodafone once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. all right. Yeah, like yeah, big birthday episode. Fantastic. Wonderful news. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Wonderful. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye.